This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. So hey, we're going to take this opportunity. We want to we want to kick this year off right. So we have all the kids in here. You guys will probably know that now. But we're going to have all the kids come down. We're going to have them stand on the front of the, the stage and face the audience. And uh, if you're a teacher, uh, if you're an administrator, we want you to come down within the school because we want to pray over this year. And so uh, all the kids, all the teenagers, you all come down. Teenagers, maybe you guys uh, come up against the stage and uh, face the audience. Sorry, buddy. Rach. All right, all you kids, scoot to the middle, scoot to the middle. Come on over. You guys come on over here. You guys come on over here. Look at all these good kids. You guys scoot on over. Come on, scoot on over, scoot over. All of you scoot over, scoot over. You guys wanna scoot over for me? You guys gonna lead the, nobody wants to stand in the middle. There's nothing wrong in the middle, I promise. It's okay. You know what? Isn't this cool to see all these kids, all these teenagers? Man, what a blessing. It's a blessing that, that we get to send a representation of our family and of our church into the schools of Southwest Iowa and all over this area. And so we're just going to pray over them as they begin this new year, as they begin this, this, this new season. It's going to be a good one. Amen. So let's just, uh, you know, if you feel comfortable to just extend your hand towards these kids as just an act of faith, as an act of agreement. You know, we are a spiritual family and we're just agreeing together with them today. Amen. Father God, we just come before you today. Father, we thank you for all of these kids from the smallest to the oldest, Lord. We're so thankful and grateful, Father God, that you have put them into this house, into this body. Father, we pray for this upcoming year and for these teachers, Lord. I just pray that as they go, that they would just have favor with every single person that they come into contact with. I pray, Lord, that you're strengthening them each and every single day, that they walk out the front door and onto the bus or into the school building. Father, I thank you that you're strengthening the the students, you're strengthening the teachers. And Lord, I thank you that you're giving them wisdom and helping them, Father God, to see the, the correct path, the way that you've determined for their lives, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, that as they go, they will be a light to people that are around them, students that are around them, teachers that are around them. Father God, I thank you that they are a witness of you in this earth today. And Father God, not only that, we just thank you that as they go, Father God, that there will be a protection that surrounds them. Lord, we just call this new, this new year blessed in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father God, for just the outcome and the testimonies that will come as a result of these kids going into the schools. And we just thank you, Father, for today in Jesus' name. And everybody that agreed said, amen, amen. Well, hey, you guys are dismissed. Uh, kids, you guys can go to Children's Church. Youth, you guys can go to uh, uh, your room. Let's give them a hand as they go, guys. This is the next generation, amen? We're thankful for them. Hey, why don't you guys take this opportunity as they go to greet somebody that's uh, around you. Uh, Let them know that you're glad that they're here. If you're joining us online, we're just glad that you're, you're watching. We'd invite you to come sometime in person. We'd love to have you. You guys got your notes? You guys are kind of quiet today. Quiet, a little quiet. We need to get up and do some like... I don't know.
calisthenics and, and jumping jacks and maybe some cheers or something? No, we don't need to do that. Hey, another thing I want you guys to make you guys aware of uh, that Aaron did not mention, but that is coming up here real, real quick, and that is small groups. Small groups are going to be starting here in September, and uh, you know we uh, we know the value of small groups. We understand the value of small groups. Uh, they're really there in my mind. There's two things that 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 small groups does. Number one, it helps you to connect relationally. It helps you to connect to other people that are within the body of Christ, other fellow believers, fellow brothers and sisters that want to support you, want to be there, want to pray with you. And then secondly, with that is, is spiritual growth takes place. And, uh, you know, through the years, we've done uh, different uh, studies, different uh, video series and things like that, that that we feel are needful and uh, for the time in which we live. And, and uh, those have been very, very, uh, they've been great. Uh, Rachel and I, we've had the, the opportunity to lead small groups. We've had the opportunity to host small groups. We've even had the opportunity to sit in a, in a small group. And so we've had, we've had the privilege of seeing all the sides of a small group, and we know that there's great blessing. There's great uh, um, uh, resource that comes into your life. You get to know people in a different way than, than just on a Sunday morning. And so um, this season, we're going to be doing a book that, that uh, I really feel like the Lord laid on my heart. It's called Character is King. And it's a simple book. I know some of you guys are like, oh man, I'm not a reader. Listen, this is, this, I mean, even if you're not a reader, this, is, this book was made for the person that doesn't like to read. Why? Because the chapters are only five pages long. How many, that's like a children book. So it's going to be a great time, and uh, um, it, it's going to be a great subject for us to all look at, and uh, there's, there'll be questions that we discuss at each one of these. The big thing that we really need right now is, is that currently we have uh, six, last year we had six small groups, and we've just added one, but we really need some more host homes. And the reason that we need more host homes is, is because we need to add more groups so that we have more room. And so if you're interested in hosting a small group, uh, we can we can get you everything that you need and uh, help you walk through that process. And uh, if you are interested in that, you can see myself or Gala. We would really, really uh, 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 appreciate you being a part of that, hosting. And uh, you might be wondering, well, how long is it? Well, we keep things simple around here. Um, and that is, is that we do small groups twice a year. And when we do them twice a year, we do them for six sessions. That's it. And so we, we are meeting six times over the course of about three months. So we'll start in September. We'll end before Thanksgiving and you'll get your house back and your peace and quiet back and all of that. But if that's how you look at it, you, you got you to gotta think a little bit bigger. You got to think, you know what? You know, the, that this is an opportunity that I have to sow. Uh, sow with my house or sow as a leader and be a part of what it is that's going on in the body of Christ. Because I know that, that there's more to just coming on Wednesdays and Sundays. There's a benefit to that. But there's something deeper that the Lord wants to do in your life, and he's going to do it through uh, uh, the gathering together with believers in kind of these mid-sized groups. Amen? So um, be, be looking for some of those information uh, that comes out, and also if you're interested in hosting, let me know. We'd love to have you be a part of that. Amen? All right, you guys ready for today? Yeah. Let's just pray. 
How about that? Father, we just come before you today. We thank you, Father, for another opportunity that we have to come and look at your word. Father, we just ask that you'd open up the eyes of our understanding. We just pray that you would help us to see that which we need to see, Father, today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Say this with me. Lord, Lord. open up my eyes. And he will, amen? So last week we started talking about Proverbs 8. How many of you guys were here for that? If you weren't, I'd encourage you to go back in, in the podcast or, or on YouTube or however it is that you listen and listen to last week because we, we began talking about um, the, the fact that wisdom wants us to live well. We're, we're talking about wisdom to live life well. And when you read the whole, really the whole book of Proverbs, I mean, it's just jammed, packed, full of wisdom, full of what wisdom is saying to you and to I as a believer. And what we were looking at last week was is that in Proverbs 8, that, that wisdom is actually calling out to you. Did you know that? It's calling out. It's crying out. It's saying, hey, this is the right way. This is the pure way. This is, this is the way that you can live well. And the problem, though, is is that many people uh, uh, are are not answering the call of wisdom. They're they're answering the call of other things. We looked in Proverbs 7 that the call of the immoral woman that she's calling out to. And so there's many, many distractions in our life, but but what we focused on last week was is the fact that wisdom is calling out to you and to I. Proverbs 8 says, don't miss a word of this. I'm telling you how to live wisdom. Well, I'm telling you how to live your best. And so the question that we asked last week was, are you living well? I'm just going to let that sit. Are you living well? Are you living at your best? Because that's what wisdom wants. Wisdom wants that for you and for me to live well, to live our best. And last week we talked about the fact that we have to choose discipline over chasing. How many of you guys were challenged in that this week? Or was I the only one <laughs> when it comes to discipline? Choosing to be disciplined, choosing to, to uh, apply self-control to our lives so that we don't find ourselves chasing after all of these other things that, that are calling out to us all the while wisdom saying, listen, I am right here, but you're going to have to have self-discipline. You're going to have to have a life of discipline. And so I want to just kind of go a little bit further in this chapter, and it says that, and God knowledge over a lucrative career, for wisdom is better than all the trappings of wealth. Wisdom is better than all of the trappings of wealth. Did you know that, that wisdom is better than the trappings of wealth? You know, when we look around the world today, it's pretty easy to see that, that there's many, many people that are they're seeking and they're chasing and they're going after wealth. They're going after the, the look that they can get from it. They're going after what it is that they bring. It goes, they're going after what it, you know, how they are perceived by other people. You know? And so they're really chasing this. And, and what uh, Proverbs is trying to encourage us to do is, is to not fall into this trap. Not fall into this trap. Trap. How many of you guys have ever been trapped? I was trapped one time. 
When I was in college, I got to frame houses and we kind of had the job of going to the job site after the foundation was poured and we would, what, what they called, we would cap the basement. And we would cap the basement, all we did was put the floor joists on, glue down the floor, nail down the floor, and it was just a solid floor. No holes in it or nothing. And one time I found myself trapped in the basement of one of these, these foundations. And I mean, it was pitch black and I'm, I'm yelling, I'm trying to get people's attention and I'm, I'm going around the, the edges of the walls and I'm trying to find a loose board that maybe got left. There's no ladders down there. I didn't have any tools and I'm just, I'm, I'm like, help, help, somebody help me. And I'm going around the, that perimeter just searching for a loose board and I'm hitting and I'm hitting and, and finally I hit something and I, I see a little light and I hit it again and I see a little more light and then I hit it and I get my arm through it. I'm like, oh, thank God, I'm not gonna be trapped and then I get my, my head through the, through the hole and I realize I'm looking outside the window of my house and then I look down and I'm standing on the I'm standing on the edge of the waterbed in my bedroom I wasn't really trapped in the basement I know you guys I had you guys there I was in trapped in a dream a bad nightmare how many of you guys have been trapped maybe you've been trapped in a dream <laughs> but how many of you have been trapped? Like, I think that sometimes we know when we're trapped. We, we can be trapped by the way that we think. We can be trapped by, by preconceived ideas. We can be trapped by fear. We can be trapped by uh, worry. We can be uh, tra uh, trapped by anxiety. We can be trapped. Uh, I think there's times where we don't even know that we're trapped. We're trapped by maybe pride. We're trapped by higher thinking, like maybe we are overconfident in ourselves. You know that the Bible says that we're not to be prideful, but I think that there are times in our lives where we're, we don't even know we're trapped. You might know somebody that, that, that you can see that they are trapped by something in their life. And, 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 and so, you know, it could be fears, worries, mistakes, things that people have done to you, bitterness maybe that you hold in your, in your heart, maybe it's envy, maybe it's, it's, it's fi you find yourself being trapped by comparing yourself all of the time. I don't, I don't know what it is, but, but, the, but, but what I do know in my, and really what I want you guys, you know, we made this comment at the beginning of the service, Lord, open up the eyes of my understanding. I think that as believers, we, we have to pray that Every day, you know, Paul talked about it in Ephesians 1, like the, that he was praying that for believers because he wanted believers to not fall into the trap. Proverbs talked about the trap of wealth, but it could be, it, it could be a trap of many, many different things. And so we really, you know, um, we have to, I think what happens is, is that we, uh, we think that our way is the right way. Look at what Proverbs 14, 12 says. It says that there is a way that seems right, but in the end it leads to death. And I believe that the, the writer of Proverbs was saying, listen, there are people that go through life living in a way that seems right. And, if, and, and when you think about the, that what, what it is that he said, I automatically think that if, it, if they think that it seems right, obviously they're trapped. They're trapped in a way of thinking, they're trapped in a way of believing, and, and they need, as Paul said, to, that their eyes would be opened. And I think that as believers, we have, to, we have to remain humble in our lives to say, Lord, I don't know it all. 
and I need your help, and I don't want to fall into the trap of being blinded in my own way of thinking and thinking that that is the, the way. And so, so that's really kind of the context today that I'm talking about when, it, when we're talking about wisdom, that, that, that wisdom says don't allow the trappings of wealth, but I think that it's much more broad than the trappings of just wealth. It could, it could be many, many things that we just got done talking about. You know, in James 3, James 3 explains two types of wisdom. Uh, the two types of wisdom that James 3 goes over, we're not going to read it in depth, but you can go and, and look at it a little bit later. Uh, the the two types of wisdom that James talks about is the wisdom of this world and the wisdom from above. And he's talking about the fact that we do not, that, that, that the wisdom of this world is not from above, but that we as believers need to live our lives uh, uh, searching, looking for, and living after the wisdom that's from above. The wisdom from above is what's gonna help us to live well. When we look at the book of Proverbs, that's wisdom from above. I don't know if you know this, but Proverbs was written by, by King Solomon. And King Solomon wrote a, a majority of Proverbs. And, and King Solomon, basically, the Lord said, what do you want? And, and King Solomon asked for wisdom. And it says that, that King Solomon was the wisest man to ever live. And, 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 and so, in James, though, he's talking about the wisdom of this world and the wisdom that's from above. It, it, what he describes or, 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 you know, basically describes the wisdom of this world, he says that the, the wisdom of this world, there's bitterness, there's envy, there's self-seeking, which in my mind, those are all a heart issue. They're boastful, it lie, you cheat, you steal. It doesn't come from heaven. It's earthly, sensual, and it's demonic. So wisdom of this world is, is not good. It doesn't come from above, it is demonic. And, and it also goes on to say that where you see a lot of these things, there's every evil work. And so it might look like it's successful, they might have a lot of principles and worldly wisdom that makes it be successful, but, but what you'll see when you get into the heart of the matter and look at it, that there's a lot of these things, and it's really just the wisdom of this world. Paul said in 1 Corinthians that wisdom of this world is foolishness towards God. So I don't know about you, but I don't, want to, I don't want to be living my life based on the foolishness, or I'm sorry, the wisdom of this world. Why? Because number one, it doesn't come from heaven. Number two, it's foolishness to God. And so I want to do what James is saying is, is I want to live according to the wisdom that is from above. And he describes the wisdom from above as being pure, as being peaceful, as being gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruit, without partiality or hypocrisy. So what is wisdom? Wisdom is anointed common sense. What's anointed common sense? You know, anointed is kind of a different word that maybe you don't understand. It's really just God's wisdom, God's, God's wisdom in our life. And I, like it, I liken it to this, that wisdom is the right use of knowledge at the right time. The right use of knowledge at the right time. You know, knowledge is when we acquire facts. If I have knowledge, I acquire facts. If I have understanding, I interpret those facts. And if I have wisdom, I'm able to apply, rightly apply all of those facts. Let me give it to you an example. Okay, so when I was young, uh, I wanted to learn how to slalom ski, and George Howard had to teach me. So the first thing that he did was he sat on the back of the boat, 
and he showed me how I would look in the water. He, he, I'm not gonna get down and do it for you guys, but I know some of you are looking at me, well, how do you do that? He got on the back of the boat and he squatted into a, a cannonball. Have you guys ever, anybody in here ever done a cannonball? I hope you all have done a cannonball. Okay, so you're gonna take the concept of a cannonball. He sat on the back of the boat. So what did I do? I had knowledge because I acquired the facts, right? Then I got, he, he kept explaining it to me, and then he threw me in the water, he threw me in the water, I mean, they threw me in the water, it was cold, I mean, cold. And, I, and they're, they're yelling at me, and they're trying to get me to understand the facts. So I, I have the knowledge, I move, I move on to understanding, then when I rightly applied the use of the facts, I was able to get out of the water. And so you can apply that to really, you can apply that to natural things, but, but I think about it from the concept of, of the things of God. How oftentimes we have facts, we have knowledge, we might even have a little bit of understanding when it comes to faith, when it comes to healing, when it comes to prosperity, when it comes to really anything, being filled with the Spirit. You know, but the problem is, is that it's, it's, it's just facts that, that are not rightly applied to our lives. And a lot of times we get frustrated because it's like, why is this not working? Well, the problem is, is that it's not wisdom from God that we have received, it's wisdom from man that other people have, they've experienced and we're just trying to copy what it is that they're doing. And so what my point here today is, is that you know, when it comes to the things of God, we gotta go to him. You look all throughout scripture, I mean, it talks about searching after the, the, the deep things of wisdom. That God is not just, there's a, a scripture in the Bible that talks about that the, there's a lot of information and words that flow down a river, but, but wisdom comes up from deep, from within. And so, you know, we can, we can pick and choose off the top, but man, if we really wanna live this life well, we're gonna to have to begin to dig, we're gonna to have to begin to look and, and search, and, and, and because when we search, we find. When we knock, it's, it's open. But, but it's an attitude that it's like, Lord, I'm, I'm not gonna depend on the things and the wisdom of this world that's around me. No, I'm gonna to come to you, I'm gonna search your word, I'm gonna dig deep, and I'm gonna allow what your word says to speak directly to me and bring revelation into my life. And so I hope I didn't just preach my message in that one spot, but maybe I did. <clears throat> It's a synopsis, okay? A synopsis. Um, so you get that. James 3 says that if you, if you are wise and understand God's way, you prove it by living an honorable life. So when we have wisdom, you can look at your life. You can look at your life and you can say, okay, do I have a lot of issues and a lot of problems and a lot of things going on? Well, according to James 3, it could be that you're living your life based upon the wisdom of this world, and as a result, the conduct and the fruit and the things that are coming from your life is not considered, by God's terms, wise. But if you're living your life based on the wisdom that comes only from above, right, where, where you're asking God to open up the eyes of your understanding and you're searching, 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 and he's, he's dropping tidbits into your life and you're uh, 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 acting upon what it is that you believe, you end up living a well and wise life. 
And God says in, in James 3 that that is wisdom. That's the way I wanna live. That's the way I want you to live. And, and so it's up to us to really just, you know, just do an internal inventory. It's like, okay, Lord, you know, where am I not living in wisdom? And, and where do I need to make some changes? And so, you know, Paul warned in Colossians 2.8, listen to this. He said, when it comes to this idea of wisdom in our lives, he said, see to it that no one takes you captive. Now, you may not think that you're trapped. You might be thinking about, man, that was the goofiest story about being trapped in a basement I've ever heard, right? You, you might just be off in la-la land, and you might think that you have it all together and that you are not trapped. But here is what Paul is saying. Look at this. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive. What is that? That's trapped. So, so as believers, we can be taken captive. What's, how? how? How, Paul? How are we going to be taken captive? It says by philosophy and empty deceit and according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. So Paul is saying that we can be taken captive by philosophies, empty deceit, and their traditions, human traditions. So have you ever, have you been taken captive by the wisdom of this world? Have you been taken captive by the wisdom of this world? I just want you to let it sink in and just kind of ponder it. Because when you, when you kind of begin to look at your life and where, where you have um, maybe the, the home that you grew up in, maybe the, the, the parents that you were raised by, maybe the grandparent that was in your life, maybe something that happened to you, as a result of, of our lives, the wisdom that we live our life or the, or the principles that we can live our lives by are w- w- without us even realizing it, take us captive. And we, we think a certain way, we operate a certain way, we do things a certain way, and we are held captive by, by what he just got done saying here in uh, Colossians. And so the elements, and, 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 and it's just amazing to me because um, when I was in college, I went uh, and I took this one class called Christian Heritage. And I can remember the day that I signed up for it, I was excited. I was like, oh man, finally, this is gonna be great. This is, this is gonna be wonderful. So I signed up and I went to this class and I went down in this dark dungeon basement and there was this, I, won't, I can't describe him because you might be, you might be that type, that, that height. But anyway, um, he was just a short man and, and uh, you know, I realized in the first 10 minutes that this class was no bueno. You know what I mean? It's like my, my hope and, and my excitement was like dashed the minute that this guy started talking. And I'm like, this right here is not good. And unfortunately, I had to go to class. I had to sit through this and listening to what? Just what Paul got done talking about. Philosophy. There was, it was loaded with philosophy, loaded with the philosophy, philosophy of what people that have gone before us had thought about, you know, Jesus, and it was, uh, you know, empty deceit, and it was, a, it was totally according to human tradition. There was no life in it whatsoever. It was exactly what he said. It was 
an element, it was the elemental spirit of the world. Something that was, that was, should have been good, should have been positive. And, and I gotta tell you guys, I mean like, I'm so thankful for my upbringing and all the teaching and, and the Sunday school and the children's church that I sat through. I mean, I thank God for that foundation. But I gotta tell you, sitting in that class for however many weeks I sat through that class, it rocked me to my very foundation. It caused me to, to begin to doubt and begin to question and begin to you know, think just nonsense about the Bible. And so it, it, it's, it goes back to what Paul just got done saying. He said, see to it that no one takes you captive. So, so for us as a believer, we have to be on our guard and see to it that no one takes us captive by traditions, by, by empty deceit, because it will flat out happen if we are not careful. If we just float through life and we listen to, to anything and everything and we do not question it to the word of God, we are running the risk of being taken captive in our thinking. And then as a result, it's gonna be really hard for us to live life well. And that's what this whole thing is about, is living life well. And so we have to be on our guard. So in your notes, number one is, don't let the wisdom of the world take you captive. Don't let the wisdom of the world take you captive. And so I wanna look at a, at, a, at a story today that I feel like it's just a great example that really kind of goes along with this, this idea of living by man's wisdom or living by the wisdom that is from above, the wisdom of God. I don't know about you, that's how I wanna live. And so we can look at this example here today. It's a great example, it'll help us. There's so many lessons in this. I would encourage you to go home and look at 2 Kings 5. And, and study it because we're only going to look at about 15 verses. Actually, I'm going to talk about most of them, but, but you can see what happens in this man's life. His name was Naaman, and I don't know if you guys remember Naaman, but, but Naaman had great status. I mean, like the king of Syria thought the world of Naaman like just, just loved him and just, just doted over him. And, and the people of Syria absolutely loved Naaman. I mean, they just, they just nearly worshiped the guy. And, and, and when, as you read down through there, you realize that Naaman was the commander of the army. So, so man, this guy had it together. He must have known some stuff about going out and winning battles. And he was the man that was in charge. And he led many troops into victory. And he was actually considered a hero. So when you think about that, he had status, he had position, he had power, he had wisdom of war, he had greatness in man's eyes. He had everything that our world, the people that are around us that are outside in the world that are blinded, that's what they are going for. He had it all. So here he is and he's got it all. He's got it, everything he needs, but there was one really big problem. Naaman had leprosy. And so here he is and he's, he's high on life He's got wisdom, he's got power, he's got victory. I guarantee you he had money because the king loved this guy and I'm sure he wanted to keep him in the place of being the commander. So he had everything. But there was one thing that in his power, in his ability, in his own strength, he could not fix. And that was that he had a 
terminal death sentence of leprosy in his life. And so we're gonna continue to look at this because so, so what's amazing is this in this story is, is that he had a servant girl that was living in his house. And this servant girl had actually been captured from the neighboring country of Israel. She's living in their house and serving him, Naaman and his wife. And uh, she said to him, if he would go down there, he would get healed. And you know, when you think about that, here is a girl that has been captured. She's been taken away from her family. She's at the lowest point in her life. Yet somehow she is an example of love and the healing power of God to this man who probably ruled over her and was not very nice. And so it's so, it's so funny to me that, that God would use this servant girl to get this man's attention. Something so foolish, something so low, he used the servant girl to get his attention. And so when, she, when he heard it, he's like, he's on his way. But before he did that, he went to the king of Syria and he said, hey, there, it sounds like I can go down to Israel and I can see a man of God, a prophet of God, and I can get healed. And so he told the king and the king's like, let's do it. And so the king wrote him a letter of recommendation. Can you believe that? So he gets this letter of recommendation and not only that, he gets $80,000 of gold and silver. He gets it in his backpack and he's thinking, I got everything I need to get what it is that I want. In his mind, he's like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get down there and I'm gonna get what I need. I'm gonna use this piece of paper to force somebody to lay their hands on me and if that doesn't work, I'm gonna dangle some you know, $80,000 worth of money in front of them and I will get what it is that I want. But you know what? He got down there and the king's like, He's like, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And so the king of Israel didn't know what, what he's like, well, I can't heal you. I can't lay my hands on you. I can't do none of that. Well, the man of God, Elisha, heard about it. And so Elisha's like, hey, come over to my house and, and we'll, we'll do this. So Naaman, remember his status. He knows he's, he's powerful. He's wonderful. All of the people love him. He shows up at Elisha's house. This is hilarious. And Elisha doesn't even come to the door. He doesn't even come to the door. Naaman knocks on the door and he, you know, he's probably thinking, I'm gonna have a grand entrance and people are gonna you know, just honor me. Nope, not, nope, not Elisha. Elisha was upstairs in the Lazy Boy flipping through Netflix or something. Actually, he probably wasn't. He sent his servant to the door. So, you know, some little person come down there and, hey, what's going on? What do you want? Name, you know, can you imagine? Like Naaman was, he was like, it'd be like a president or somebody coming to your door. Somebody of honor coming to your house. I don't think that if, if somebody of great honor came to your house, it's like, that'd be like me sending Will, to, hey, Will, just go, you just go, you go deal with that. You know, he's a small kid in my house. No, I, I mean, if somebody of honor was coming to my house, I'd go to the front door, but that didn't know what happened. He sends his servant and the servant's like, listen, Elisha said, if you go to the Jordan River and you wash seven times, you'll be healed. And I mean, Elisha or, or, or Naaman was ticked. He was upset. He was not happy. Why? Because he wasn't getting the honor. He wasn't getting what it is that he thought he needed. He, he had come with the piece of paper. He had come with the money. None of that was working. It was his wisdom. It was what he thought was going to work. It was what he thought was going to get him healed. But God's like, no, no, that's not the wisdom of God. That is not how I'm, that's not how I work. It's not how I roll. And so we see here is, is that, that uh, he's mad. And so here, look at this. He's desperate. He's, he needs healing. He, he, he's done everything that he can think of to get it. How many of you guys have ever been desperate? Anybody? 
We've, we've all been in our lives where we have been desperate or, or, or we need something now. I need something now, Lord. That's where he was. Look at what he says here in 2 Kings 5, 11. He said, look, he said, I thought at least he would come out and talk to me. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call upon the name of the Lord and his God and heal me. How many of you guys have ever thought something would turn out a certain way and it didn't? This is exactly where Naaman was. He thought in his mind that it was gonna turn out a certain way. And I think as believers, it, it, it's, it goes back to that whole idea of being trapped. It goes back to that whole idea of, of being you know, held captive in our mind and in our thinking, living our lives based on human wisdom and not on the wisdom that is from above. This is exactly where uh, uh, you know, philosophy, empty deceit, and human tradition will get you. It will get you nowhere. If you're living your life based on those things, God, listen, the Holy Spirit, he'll speak to you in this service and he will help you. He will help you to see the areas where you are, are not thinking correctly, where it's, it's, it's based on the wisdom of man. It's based on the tradition. And, and, and when, you, when he show, shows you those things, you have, to, you have to recognize it, you have to write it down, and you have to say, Lord, I'm, I'm done with this. And I need your help to help me to, to, to leave this behind me. And the problem is, is that if you've, been, if you've been thinking and acting and doing things a certain way for years and years and years and years, there's gonna be a fight to follow. Because the enemy doesn't want you to change the way that you think, the way that you operate. He doesn't want you operating the, in, in the wisdom of God. He wants you to continue to just lean on your own understanding. What does the Bible say? It tells us to not lean on our own understanding. Naaman was leaning on his own understanding. Believers sometimes lean on their own understanding. I think there's times in our lives where if we got problems in our life, we have to go back because the Bible actually, I don't remember where it was. I came across it in, in some of the scriptures, but it says to, to become a fool again. What does that mean? That means that you've got to set aside what you think that you know and say, Lord, I'm coming to you as, as a student. I know nothing. I know nothing about healing. I know, you know, and, and go to him. I remember, um, uh, who's the guy? I can't think of his name, down in the Bahamas, or what is that guy? Yeah, or where's that guy at? I can't think of him. He, he died in a plane crash, doesn't matter. What? Miles Monroe. Miles Monroe would buy a brand new Bible every single year. Every single year. Fresh slate. What was he saying? Lord, I come to you, I need you to teach me. And he would, he would, not, he would not take the Bible that had all of the markings in it and all of the highlights and all of the notes. He would begin afresh every year and he'd say, Lord, teach me. I need wisdom from heaven. What's he saying? I, I don't want it to be the, the tradition. I don't want it to be something that I, I wrote a note in there and I thought that that's what, no. I'm gonna live my life based on the wisdom of God. And so here he is. He thought at least this man of God would come down. He, he expected it. And so, you know, it goes on to say, this was the answer. This was Naaman's response to the servant. He said, aren't the uh, Abana River and the Far, Farpar River of Damascus better than the rivers of Israel put together? 
So what he was saying is, is that, that, that to bring some clarity, that these two rivers that, that he was talking about were in his homeland. They were crystal clear, nice, gentle, flowing rivers, just crystal clear water. Well, the Jordan River was nasty. It was, you know, there was all these rapids. It was full of silt and mud and stuff. And so here he is judging what the wisdom of God spoken through the man Elisha to him, said, listen, if you do this, it's foolishness. You know, and it's like the Bible says, it says that he takes the foolish things to confound the wise, right? So, so in our lives, there might be some foolish things that he tells you to do. But, but, but if we don't live our lives based on the wisdom of God, we don't get what it is that he's saying to us. And sometimes we, we think, well, you know, that's silly. You know, aren't you glad that Moses didn't say, well, I'm not gonna put my, my rod over that? That's silly. Or aren't you glad that the children of Israel didn't say when he said, I want you to walk around the city? Oh, come on, Lord. That's absolutely ridiculous. What is that gonna do? That right there, that response by us as believers is the wisdom of man and it'll get us nowhere. I don't want to operate that way. I want to operate with the wisdom of God. And man, if he tells me something silly to do, we're going to do it, right? <laughs> Lord, I need a confirmation on that. That is really, really, really silly. But okay, Lord, we're going to do that. Amen? And so here, here is Naaman. He's like, listen, man, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard. He just was convinced. He's like, that's goofy. I might as well just go home to where the, the rivers are flowing clean. That's where I would get my healing. That's where I would get my healing. I'm just gonna, and so he left upset. He left, you know, completely mad with preconceived thinking about how it was that God wanted to heal him. Thank God for these people that were with him. Because verse 13 says, but the, his officers tried to reason with him, saying, if the prophet had told you to do something great, wouldn't you just have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says, listen to this, underline it, simply go and be cured. Simply go and be cured. So the point that I want you guys to get right there is, is that sometimes when we think about the wisdom from God, and we read in the scripture that it's like, we have to look for it, we have to search for it, we have to yearn for it, we have to desire it, we have to want it, we have to hunger for it. We got, when we, when we read all those adjectives, like man, that is a lot of work. I'm just being transparent. It's like, man, but, and, and I think too, it's like, when we read that, we have this idea, well, man, that's a lot of work, I gotta do this, I, man, I don't know if I can do that. But, and, and we think it's complicated. We, we complicate it in our minds, and the whole time, the Lord's like, listen, it's very, very, very simple. You just give me your life, you, you, you set aside what you think you know, you come to me for who I am as your heavenly Father, that I care for you and I love you, I, and just, just seek me, You'll find me, knock, it'll be opened. Just come in, spend some time with me. Come in and in, 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 into Proverbs, come into these, these different books of the Bible and I will just begin to show you the wisdom that is from above. 
That's what he wants us to do. So we can't look at it like, oh man, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. No, I think that the effort is, is us showing God that we're committed to this. That man, I'm, 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 I'm gonna do this. I'm committed to this. I'm not half-hearted. I, I am all in. I am serious. That's what he wants. And so Naaman went down to the Jordan River, dipped himself seven times, and the prophet had told him, and his flesh became as healthy as a baby, and he was healed. So number two is this. Wisdom from above is everything that you need. Did you know that? That wisdom from God is everything that you need. No matter what the circumstances you're going through, it's all that you need. 1 Corinthians 1.27 says that God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chooses the weak things of this world to shame the strong. So in your life, if there is things that are going on that, that, that are not right, that are, that are challenging, you might want to check up on how you're handling it. Are you handling it based on the wisdom of, of, a, of a man, the wisdom of a woman, the wisdom of, of a parent, of a grandparent? And I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize, you know, the wisdom that, that, that they can offer us. Because man, I mean to tell you, I'm thankful for the fathers of our faith. I'm thankful for the, for the people that have gone before us. But, it, but, it, but really, I can't live my life and, and what it is that I believe and my expectation based off of, of something that's old. I can't, I can't live it based off of what somebody else got a revelation of. Does that, does that make sense to you? Because they went to the word, they studied the word, the wisdom of God came down and revealed something to their heart. Thank God for that. But you and I as believers, if we wanna live life well, we gotta hunger for that. And when we do, he'll answer. When we do, he'll, he'll pour it out. When we do, I mean to tell you, some of the silliest verses, like I have, I've been reading along some, a verse that has nothing to do with what I'm going through, but there might be two words or three words or four words or whatever, a phrase. And I knew, with, I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew what God was saying to my heart. I can, I can take you to the places. I can take you, I can tell you the words. That is the wisdom of God. And that's what you need for what it is that you're going through. And so, you just have to see it that way. So what is it that we learned here in closing is that number one, the works of God are always based on faith. We live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Number two is that godly wisdom is superior to human wisdom. As long as we insist on our own way, the answer will be delayed. The problems and the issues become larger and more formidable until we submit to the wisdom of God. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, he could have he rode back. You know, Naaman could have rode back to his country and, you know, splish-splashed in the, in the rivers of Syria, you know, and then maybe standing there dripping wet in defeat because he still has leprosy. He could have like, okay, fine, Lord, got back on his horse, rode back down to the Jordan and dipped in it seven times. Godly wisdom is superior to human wisdom. Number three, we lack wisdom because we lack the fear of the Lord. 
And, and I didn't spend a lot of time, th- uh, you know, looking at this, but Proverbs tells us, we're talking about wisdom, wisdom to live well. Proverbs tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It says also in Proverbs, uh, it tells us that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way. I think sometimes when we, when we think about the fear of the Lord, we think, well, I'm not living my life right. I didn't do this right. I didn't do this right. And so we fear the outcome of that. Things aren't going well. Uh, um, maybe, you know, we ha- we're having problems and we associate w- the problem that we have with the repercussions of not living for God. That's, that's not the fear of the Lord. That's, that's shame, condemnation. That's, that's, that's not the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is an honor. It's a respect. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's like Proverbs says, it's a hatred for things that are evil. Even in our own lives, when we make a mistake, it's like we should not hold on to that evil. No, we should, the the fear of God is like, I'm not afraid. It's just that I know that this isn't right. I know that this isn't true. I know that this isn't just. I know that this isn't holy. And so I'm gonna remove this from my life. That's the fear of the Lord. And so when when we correctly fear the Lord in our lives, then we don't lack the wisdom that's from above. Does that make sense? Number four is we often seek the easy way, which human wisdom, right? Picking up the book, listening to the podcast, going to the, the, to the I mean, the myriad of, of sermons that are on the internet. Listen, I'm all for, there are great preachers out there. I've done it myself. But man, at the end of the day, the sermon is not what's gonna feed me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and reading and studying and meditating myself. I can't depend on someone else's revelation to fix my problems. I gotta go to the word and get the wisdom of God coming down from heaven onto the pages of the Bible and into my heart. That's what's gonna change me from the inside out. And I think that we, we have a lot of people that are just take, they're taking the easy way out. And so that's human wisdom. Number five is this. God's strategy to bring victory in our lives is through wisdom. Naaman had to learn that humility precedes blessing. He had to learn that. And I think too for us that, 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 that we have to understand that, that that's how victory's gonna come is through godly wisdom. And so today, in closing, if you feel trapped, if you feel uh, uh, maybe that you're a captive to something, you don't have to be there anymore. There's wisdom for it. Maybe you feel like you need wisdom. We didn't look at this verse of scripture, but it says in, in James 1, to ask for wisdom, he'll give you that wisdom. So, but this, you know, being trapped and being captive and needing wisdom was exactly where Naaman was. He was trapped with an incurable uh, disease. He was captive to prideful thinking that caused him to believe a certain way. And just as he needed wisdom from God above, so do you and I. So no matter where you're at, no matter where you're at in life, you need wisdom that is from above. And the only way that you're gonna get that is, is to go to his word, open up your heart, open up your life, shut off the distractions, ask him, Lord, I need you to give me wisdom. We looked at this here earlier, but Ephesians 1, I put it in your notes, and that is is that Paul prayed this prayer. He's like, Lord, help them. Help them to see. Open up their eyes. Pray, Pray this prayer every single day. 
You pray this prayer every single day and you begin to look, he'll begin to pour out the wisdom that only he can give you, amen? Amen, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. We thank you for the wisdom of of heaven, the wisdom from above, the wisdom that only you can give. God, I know that today in in this room, there there are those, Father God, that have not been living their lives by the wisdom of God. They've been living their lives by the wisdom of this world. And so, Father, I just pray for them. I pray, Father, that they wouldn't just leave this place and not respond to what it is that you are telling them to what it is that you're instructing them to do. I pray, Father God, that they would, they would make the necessary adjustments. And I pray, for, Lord, that you just begin and continue to open up the eyes of their understanding in whatever area it is. It could be money, it could be marriage, it could be with their kids, it could be, you know, just whatever. Lord, I just pray that you would, would open up their eyes. Help them, Father. We thank you, Father, for that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're t- here today and you, you, you're far from the Lord, by that I mean you, your relationship with him is not where it should be. You've turned your back on him. You've walked away. Or maybe you've never given your heart to Christ. Today is the day to make a decision for him. I don't want anybody to leave here not where they should be. And so if you're that person and you, you need to get back in, in to right standing and right fellowship and close to him, Is there anybody in here just with a raise of your your hand say, Brian, that's me. I need you to pray with me. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Okay, got one? All right. Let's pray with this one that raised their hand. And if you didn't raise, if you didn't raise your hand, you you can simply just pray this prayer and mean it from your heart. Say, Lord, I ask you, Father, to forgive me for my attitude, for turning my back on you, from walking away from you. Today, I accept your forgiveness in my life and I come back to you. Thank you for loving me and accepting me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, I hope you guys got something out of today. I'll tell you what, wisdom wants you to live well. Wisdom wants us to live well. And God's wisdom will absolutely make that happen in our lives, amen? We're gonna pray over our meal that's outside. They're telling me it's 72 degrees outside right now, so thank you, Jesus. I'm being sarcastic. (laughs) I didn't pray for, I prayed for cloud cover though. Thank God for cloud cover. It's gonna be a great afternoon. We've got uh, hamburgers, hot dogs, just a time of fellowship, just celebrating the the new year. I encourage you guys to come over. It's free will donation. We got the ice, we got, actually we got the snow cone guy. Perfect day for it, right? You know, you can put one here, put one here and just start eating one, right? You'll be cool and it'll taste good. So let's pray. Father, we just come before you. We thank you for this food that we're about to eat. We just pray over it. We ask you to just bless it, nourish it to our bodies. We thank you for this, this fall season of our lives. Lord, I just thank you for the growth and the development that's gonna take place in all of us, in our children, in our families, in our church as we grow, uh, uh, in our knowledge of you and in our walk with you. We thank you, Father, for just uh, uh, your hand of blessing on this event in Jesus' name, amen.